This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, the Friday night preview show. I am Stamford Chidge. It is Friday. Um, we're a little bit late, as always, because we were having a good old chat, largely because I got my great chum with me, uh, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. It's lovely to be your chum, Chidge, yes. may I say. very much. We have some very good uh, good fun during the week doing the In Off the Post. We which did, didn't we? Yes. With us. And consequently, no, there's nobody else on the show tonight because it's just you and me. Yeah, we so. fired everybody, didn't we? No, we, no, we wouldn't. We wouldn't be that stupid. We would not we do would that. Not be that stupid. No, 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 no. In fact, I was going to open up the show today with a with a with an apology to say, look, you know, I I know the last show we we didn't do good enough, and and I'm going to take the responsibility. And uh, I know I'm hurting. I know the listeners are hurting. Um, you know, but I, I've talked to the others and they're all hurting too. And we're all going to try and improve and do a lot better. You know, that's that's what I was going to open. But I thought, no, maybe not. Anyway, who have we got on the show, Joe? Adam's giggling away. Who have we got it's on the show? Who is, somebody that every housewife loves having <laughs> lying around their front room. <laughs> it is, of course. <laughs> it is the excellent, yeah. the witty, the mirthful the mirth mirth creating mr clayton beerman whoop, 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 whoop. hello hello and, and welcome to you and my mirth lovely <laughs> to be here lovely to be here i listened to the show on monday and i have to say i have a lot to live up to because i thought the show on monday was rather excellent it really was very very good i did actually want to slip my wrists afterwards <laughs> but it <laughs> it was very, very good, and Mr. Wickham was excellent as always. But uh, yeah, no. So looking Mr. forward. Mr. Wickham to is fantastic, and I was thinking I'll step down. Yeah, I was just thinking he's so good. He's so yeah. good. Thank goodness he's not available that often. Wow, because he just shows me and chidge up completely. See, unlike wow. Chelsea, the fan cast has got strength in depth, mate. That's all I'm saying, and a manager who understands how to rotate properly. That's all I'm saying. Uh, talking of which, uh, with no complete lack of rotation with our next guest, actually, which I'm very delighted to say. Well, can I just say that uh, 
I'm I'm taken aback that he's on again because I thought you know we're very lucky to have him last week. Oh, I know. Because he's so good. Can I tell you? Fact, can I tell you yeah. something very quickly? Yeah. I, I, yeah. And I don't want to embarrass him by doing this. Basically, I'm I've been so rubbish with my scheduling and organisation. I actually have every week for the rest of the year. Well, no, but I, not with the journos. I haven't. I, I I I just I'm so busy. I just put an email out and I don't get anything back. I forget. And Adam, bless his heart. He actually WhatsApp me about a couple of hours ago. Says, "Chid, chid, you mind doing the show tonight?" And I said, "Actually, Adam, I, I hadn't asked either you or Liam, so I'm really kind of <laughs> glad that you you messaged me." So that's how good he is. I didn't even ask him. He, he bloody stepped up and said, "Oi, I'm available, mate." You could have lied, couldn't you? You could have said, "Of course you are." No, you I'm, I'm not like that. I'm not that kind of person. I don't lie, no, mate. I understand. Lovely picture, Adam, of uh, Sterling throwing the little ball. I loved it. Yeah. I loved yeah. It. Well, you know, kicking it hasn't worked out great, has it? In recent <laughs> so, as, I'm afraid, as I put, in fact, you're fine. You're supposed to kick this. Yeah, try yeah. something else, you know, why not? There we go. Anyway, what a packed show we have for you tonight, which is guaranteed to cheer you all up uh, and not resort to uh, the bottle or something worse. I promise you. Uh, I might be lying. Um, but uh, we are going to talk, obviously, in part one about Potter's Presser. Uh, I think we need to talk about FAB, Todd Bowley's Birds, our go. Yes, the uh, fan advisory board. We can have a little chat about that. And uh, in the news this week, also, uh, they're, they're beginning to PR the idea of the Stamford Bridge rebuild. So we can have a nice chat about that. If we have time, you know what we're like. We waffle on. Part two, we're going to preview the Leeds game. Um, obviously, my team selection will be featuring heavily. I will, I, will look, I will confess to the boys now that I had to do six versions Oh, I love it. Before I was happy. Oh. Because I didn't I didn't see the press alive. And this is a good place to start, really. Um, I didn't see the press alive. So I didn't know that James wasn't fit or Ooh. that Asby wasn't fit. And actually, Adam, I'm, I know you were there. And do you know why I know you were there? Because I, the only thing I know about the presser was that I read your article in Football London to tell me what happened. And this is what caught my eye. Uh, nothing else did apart from my sarcastic introduction. Uh, Tiago will be around that time. I mean, Tiago's out, we know. Edouard Mendy is making progress, and Golo Kante had his fir first full session today, but still needs time. Mason Mount, see, I didn't know he was injured. He's got a problem with his lower abdomen area. Uh, it's probably the pain of carrying Chelsea under Potter. That's what it is. Anyway, it's, it's, it's his cock. He hurt it dancing with that girl. Oh, girl. yes. Well, I, you know, he can do what he likes. It doesn't bother me. Anyway, tomorrow is too soon for him. Reese James has a tightness in his hamstring. Well, a tightness is better than an awareness in his hamstring. We are assessing him, but he's doubtful tomorrow as well. Aspie has made progress, but is not through protocols after a head injury like that. Now, obviously, Adam, I mean, we were, I mean, obviously we were gutted at losing to Spurs, but I mean, we were so gutted about losing to Spurs, it kind of went under the radar a bit on Monday when we did the show. But what a monstrous blow losing Thiago is. I mean, he's been the only player who's turned up this season. And now I hear... That just as we thought it was all, you know, we're getting everybody back. We're losing Mount. We're losing James. Aspie can't come in for as as a as a right. Oh, it just it just really pisses me off. Yeah, we had respite from the injuries for about a week and a half. Yeah. So yeah, I, I wouldn't risk James, even if he is past technically fit for tomorrow's game. There's there's little point in my mind of actually risking him. Um, I'd keep him for Dortmund. And yeah, it's not easy to pick an eleven, as you just mentioned, that you you're particularly happy with. There's nobody in that right back spot unless Trev Chalabert fills in. To which, to be fair, he did in 
January to fairly good effect. Um, <laughs> but yeah, losing Thiago Silva is massive, not just because of his quality. We all know how good he is as a player, but his leadership. He may not be able to uh, speak English fluently, but you just know how important he is in that defence. And to lose him for Dortmund is is massive, is massive. I I'm not quite sure who you bring in because obviously there's no badger shield for Dortmund. And I know I am skipping ahead past Leeds and that for a certain vintage of Chelsea supporter, I appreciate skipping over a game against Leeds is uh, is a bad thing to do. But it's not the big game that's coming up in the next few days. Um, so, yeah, there's no bad issue against Dortmund. So you're probably looking at a... Fafana. Fafana and... No, no, and Fafana W. Fafana W. Yeah. Get it right. And then, then Fafana, has, he's played two matches in the last four or five months. He'll be shit, but he'll be, he'll be playing. Or you play Trevor Chalaber. Yeah, I'd play Chalaber instead, but he seems to have been... Um... Uh, how can I put it, avoided by the manager, doesn't he? He doesn't, was brought on as fifth substitute, I think, the other day, wasn't he? He's had a he's had a strange season, I think, Trev, because he started completely out of the team under Tuchel. Tuchel obviously had, for whatever reason, gone off him. And then he came in after Fafana's injury and played every game for about two months. Then he went out of the team again. Then he came in at right back. Now he's out the team again. It's, to be fair, apart from one game against Fulham where... He was poor uh, at Craven Cottage. He didn't have a good game that night. Other than, other than that, I think he's been pretty reliable when he's been selected this season. Um, but yeah, he just seems to to not be in the picture right now again. It's all rather it's all rather cataclysmic again, isn't it? I mean, Clayton, I, I do wonder if um, uh, I mean, do you know, this this kind of tells us where we are, doesn't it? Do you know what my first thought was when I read that? Other than, I mean, actually, uh, Eric, the lovely Eric Morabito. Now, as far as I can recall, Eric, who's in Mixler at the moment, Eric's been listening pretty much from day one in this show. He's 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 that loyal. Uh, Fifteen years. People get less for murder, mate. Uh, anyway, Eric Morabito put this person per perfectly. It's a bit rude, so apologies for those who are a bit sensitive. Fuck me in the face with the injuries. <laughs> I mean, that was also kind of my my first feeling. The second one, Clayton, was. Oh no! This is this is just going to give Potter the excuse that he needs, isn't it? Oh well, it wasn't my fault. All the injuries, blah blah blah. I I mean, it, uh, apart from Tiago, I I think my reaction is it eases his problems because it means he's got less selection headaches and there's less people that he's going to have to leave on the bench. Um, I, I just. You know, I, I saw a comment during the, the, the week, oh, well done for leaving Badia Shield out of the Champions League squad. Well, you haven't got crystal ball. You don't know. I mean, I thought that was a bizarre decision anyway. Um, I just don't know. I mean, I, I don't know what the the sort of the psyche is of the players at the back. I don't know. I mean, we don't know. I mean, maybe Adam can throw some insight. I don't know whether Kudabali is a leader. I mean, he should be. He's captain of his country. You know, he's captain of Napoli. Um, so hopefully he can step up and he can sort of step into Tiago's shoes. I don't think, and I mean, this is a terrible thing to say, but I don't think he's been particularly bad the last couple of weeks that he's played. Um, I think he's been all right. Um, I know that Badia Shul was inexplicably dropped, um, 
a couple of weeks ago. And I, I can only assume that he thought, well, I haven't got him for the Champions League, so I'm going to let him step down. And I'm going to let other people sort of have game time, those who are available for the Champions League, because that can be the uh, can only be the reason. I just wonder whether there's a possibility that Badia Shield will play a what? He was sloppy against Saints. Badia Shield made a couple of. I'm I'm playing devil's advocate here. I'm just looking. I know. I well. I mean, listen. I I didn't see all of the Saints game. I only saw the last forty five minutes of it, thankfully. Um, so I can't comment on that. But 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 the point is, he's young. He's in another league, and the reason he's slotted in so brilliantly is is is, you know, one of the few bonuses that we've had this season. I don't know. I think we've got enough players at the back to to sort of have a a decent back four. I've got absolutely no idea why Trevor's been banished uh, to the wilderness. And as Adam said, I mean, the only horror show was was Fulham, where he was was possibly his worst ever game for the club. I, I don't know. I, as I say, I I think the injuries help him rather than hinder him. I I think that it just means that he hasn't got to leave somebody back in the stands because he hasn't got enough room on the bench for everybody. Yeah, interesting so point, JK. Joy of Cucurella reappearing. Oh, I forgot all about him. Yeah. yeah. Um, JK, by all means, comment on, on our parlous injuries again, which is just, it's just so infuriating. And I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know what's going on. And I mean, I know that they, they, uh, I mean, it's somebody. I mean, Adam might fill us in on this in a minute as well. But I know that they 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 quite comically got Dave Grohl's physio in or something. The the physio to the celebrities in. We know the medical department's changed around. But I I do I do wonder actually, you know, if this is is more of a. I mean, it's very easy to sit here and blame Potter for everything, but that's clearly not realistic or true. And I wonder if this is cumulative. In the last couple of years, they've played so many games. We've just we've just flogged dead flogged dead horses, mate, and we're now we're now paying for it. I I just think we're unlucky with um, with James and Chilwell. No, I I actually think he's probably he's probably just keeping him back for Tuesday. I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if they. I thought they would make this decision anyway. I think I said last week it's really unlikely that they'll pick a very good team for tomorrow because he'd like them all. To, he wants to keep them for Dortmund. Despite it being a very, you know, it, it, every game is is important because they've got to start winning. But I, I, I wouldn't surprise me if he if he rests a lot of people. He makes another six changes tomorrow. Well, do you know this, what? Can, can we talk about team selection in part two? But I, I get your point, yeah. mate. Can I, I tell you what I really want to talk to you about? Because you are the doyen of the. Uh, the I mean, we get we get all the the kind of the facts and the the the, the actual experience of being there from Adam. Uh, and we get the the bile from sorry the we get the uh, the assessment of uh, Potter's performance from you. But I have to say, and I mean, as I said, I, I read, I read, uh, I read Adam's uh, brilliant piece on it. Of course, he covers it so well, and I I was just astonished at, at the fact that basically, uh, do you know what the, the 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 thing that I found most entertaining about the presser were the questions. You know, there was one that really ab had me absolutely wetting myself. I'm just scrolling down. To see if I can find it, because uh, it ju I just thought they're 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 sick of him too. Uh, you say you can do better, Graham. Explain that to me, Adam. Who asked that one? Uh, Moose from Talksport. Yeah, it was Moose, right? Yeah. And can then... I just before before JK gets yeah, into yeah, sure, bit, you're sure. <laughs> I was just going to touch on the injuries. Chelsea obviously played sixty-three games last season, and so did Liverpool. 
And they're the only other team in the Premier League this season to have as many injury issues as Chelsea. Yeah, so I don't know if that is something that is linked to last season. Just as a... As a well, I, I think it is, to be honest, Adam. I think then that they, they've been flogged to death. Here's another one. that I just the, the, the sarcasm that's dripping off this one. I wonder if this is Moose as well. To, do you confirm or deny, Adam? You seem to be taking a lot of that responsibility on your shoulders. Now, as I said earlier on in my introduction, pretty much every answer that Potter gave was exactly the same answer and all about, I take on responsibility, we need to start winning. Uh, who, who asked that one, Adam? Yeah, that was Moose That as was well. Moose. Okay. So, JK, um, what did you think of the Potter presser today? Because you actually tweeted something. I mean, you exploded, basically. Well, uh I decided not to do one last week because of the um, sensitive nature of the uh, emails that he'd had. Well, we agreed right. it had been a good idea. I felt it was it was um, wasn't an appropriate moment to do that, and I've decided to le leave it for a little bit. But I found today I just I, I didn't even bother to I normally forensically just go through it and write stuff down and say he said this, he said this, he said this, with a view to possibly doing something about it. But I didn't. I just listened to it and. It was a complete regurgitation of everything that he's done before. He now makes no bones about just repeating the same things. And somebody's done a fabulous video. Have you seen it? Seen it? Was saying we need to make more effort. And he says it in. He's wearing. He's wearing eight different outfits because he said this in every game since since they lose. And they just put it together. It's had three hundred and fifty thousand hits. And, you know, he he cannot keep doing this. Well, he can. It doesn't matter because he's invulnerable. He's completely invulnerable. He and he will not. He will not make any effort to improve anything because it's not important to him. And it's but it's important to us. And that's what I find so awful, is that he just doesn't. This was the worst one yet today for me. I don't know what you felt, Adam. He didn't say anything original. Yes, I'm getting a kind of yes nod there. It was just a re complete regurgitation of every cliche and every got to work harder. Yes, it's all down to the training pitch. Yes, we will do that. Yes, I'm hurting too, as Chidge was saying at the beginning. Yes. I mean, you just thought there is nothing being said here that makes me have any faith in you as a manager whatsoever. And yet, once again, I now sit back and just we let him get on with it and we see what is going to unfold tomorrow, expecting nothing. This is what this has happened to the club at the moment. So, uh, uh. <laughs> bloody hell, it's not working for JK at all. Um, uh, Adam, do you want to come back? I know Clayton wants to come in, but uh, Adam, very quickly, you were there. Yeah, no, I, I, I can understand JK's frustration. Um, I think for me, and, and he's just touched upon it there, I spoke to a few people who are in the away support at Spurs, and it was basically, I thought that was going to become a really visceral away section after losing 2-0 to Spurs and it seemed like there was a collective shrug of the shoulders. Absolutely. That is, that's probably a big like when there's apathy at, amongst the fan base that's probably the biggest concern for me over anything else because that is just indicative of a broken connection. Um, the bloke so, behind me said at the end Potter out, Potter out and everybody just went oh. and just left <laughs> leaving him on his own to say Potter out you just thought <laughs> Joining it, nobody. We just all, you know, this is just the final whistle. You just thought, oh, for fuck's sake! Well, you do look at you, you. You look at the reports this week that are coming out, and, and maybe there is a slight change in tone now, um, which makes tomorrow's game 
far more important well, than it may be seemed. You, you, you say that, Adam, and I, I read somewhere, Lord knows where. I, I, I'm honestly, I have so little time these days to, to trawl over all of this. So I, I, I kind of, it's like I absorb it osmotically. And therefore, I have absolutely no idea where it came from anymore. But I saw I read somewhere that um, although some of the board uh, are beginning to, you know, get a bit twitchy, uh, apparently Todd Bowley isn't at all. And he's still determined to keep Potter because apparently now Graham, dear Graham, golden Graham, has become a family friend. I haven't heard that. I have so no I, comment. I, I, I can't. I, can't it, I didn't write that. I'm not commenting on that. Um, Clayton, you've been beautifully patient as you always are when we all go off on one. Uh, come come back to us with some sense. Well, I did, there are two things actually because you just picked up on and, and, and this is what we had on our little uh, WhatsApp discussion or text discussion before you did Monday's show is the worst thing about the Tottenham defeat and, and anybody who knows me knows that we could get relegated but as long as we do the double over Spurs I don't care. Um, my well, I I don't like them. Just put it that way. And I hate losing to them. And I felt nothing on Sunday. I felt absolutely nothing. I just it, and and that is is worse than it's like you said, Adam. That the once you become blasé towards it, that that's the worst thing. Now the the what the one thing I just wanted to pick up on the press conference because I watched it and you know I could have watched the one before or the one before because it was all the same. But the one thing I want to know. Is is what do you expect him to do? What so for example, his next press conference after we've lost at home to Leeds, okay, the Dortmund one. What do you want him to say that would make you happy apart from "I'm leaving"? <laughs> well, do you know what? I, I, I mean, seriously, no, if he's asked the questions, he answers the questions. But what do you want him to say that you'd say, "Oh, right, you're a proper Chelsea manager." That's a good, good point. I wonder whether you need it. Well, it's something tactically just to say perhaps I left the, um, you know, I couldn't understand why, for example, he he made the, the substitutions of Mudrick and um, uh, and Aubameyang at 83 minutes. I mean, obviously, arranging them when they scored the second goal, which was a foul, of course. But um, uh, nonetheless, he still persisted with it. Fair enough. But why? And we then played our best football. Why? Why did he not? analyze that situation tell us about that why does why can he not be more specific about events in a game why can he Cause not because he's, he's not asked about them because they don't because because people don't care I, I, I mean you're quite right that should have that should have been asked at the after yeah. game press conference you're right I mean I actually when they were warming up or getting ready in the 80th minute I thought what why why don't why weren't they on 20 minutes ago so perhaps he should be pinned down more by people and then he'd be but the trouble is i actually think he'd be more incapable i think he'll go because he's done that a couple of times when they've asked him more specific questions and he he, he just replies with non sequiturs yeah he puts um he does conditional clauses with the wrong uh you know conditional word in them i've forgotten my grammar here but you know he does, does he make... use, does he use an oxford comma though jk uh, probably, but not in the correct way. No. Yeah, but only in the 85th minute. Oh, very good. Listen, just very quickly, because I think you both come out with some really interesting points here. I'd love to hear what Adam thinks about it. Adam can like sum all this up, are pretending to be journalists for a, for a minute or two. But I think that's a really good point, because, you know, if we were... I mean, when you started that off, Clayton, I was going to very quickly come back. The only question I am would ask him if I was allowed in the press press conference was, are you going to resign? 
Because actually, that's what they do in political ones when it all goes yeah. tits up. When are you going to resign, Boris? That's what they all used to scream, didn't they? And I was thinking that's what I'd ask. But actually, no, you're right. I think I think actually what you should should be asking are more substantive questions. For example, Graham, Chelsea haven't scored a goal. They scored one goal in February. They've scored something like six since November the 6th. You know, clearly this is a problem. What are you doing to set the team up to score goals? And why do you think we're not scoring goals? What are you doing about that on the training pitch? How are we going to sort that out? Because you ain't going to win a lot of matches because uh, I can't swear in a press conference, obviously, until we do. You know, those are the kind of questions. You're right. I totally agree. Why don't they ask them, Adam? To be, uh, in, in Sorry, the why don't you ask them? In, in the, the embargo, embargo stuff, they? They're in the embargo. In the, well, no, no, in the embargo stuff, there's some stuff uh, tonight. There's some things about his messaging to the players and is it getting through at the moment? Does it involve uh, a cattle prod? No. If it doesn't involve a cattle can... prod, he's doing it all wrong. I can divulge that much. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he was asked today about, do you feel, you know, is your messaging getting through to the players? Um, and I won't say any more than that because I'll probably get in trouble. For no, the don't, nation. don't. We don't want to get you in but, trouble. Um, it's kind of, it goes back to something that you said a long time ago, Chidge, though. He is who he is. And he's not trying to pretend to be too cool or Joseph no, no, tribute no. act. He's doing it his way. And I think he sort of said, you know, if, if I fall on my sword, at least I'll have the the knowledge that I did it in the way that was true to me. Which, I, did my, I did it my way. Yeah. Which you can criticise him for, and lots of people are, obviously. But, yeah, I, I, I say I, I have respect for someone who doesn't compromise who they are, even in the face of yeah. a lot of criticism. No, I to- I to- well, I said it, you're right, I remember saying it, and I, I totally agree with that. He He has to be who he is. But the point is... Somebody should have figured out who he is and thought he's not really right for Chelsea. And we all know that who that man is. And that's a beautiful segue. Even if I do say it myself, it is Todd Bowley. Uh, Todd, you've picked a dud, mate. You need to realise it. But on the upside, um, as I said, actually, I alluded to this uh, on last week's show, didn't I? I said that, you know, for, for, for the faults on the pitch, uh, the Bowley and Clear Lake bunch are doing some really good stuff behind the scenes and it was a bit embargoed for me adam i had an embargo too yes Mm. because i knew all about this before it all came out but this is the fan advisory board um which is a very it's very interesting what's happening and again i have to be careful that i don't say anything that would be that i'm not allowed to say but um as many of you will remember the supporters trust was at the forefront during the bidding process when we met all of the bidders of putting ideas into their heads in terms of what would make a really well-run, good football club in terms of having supporters involved and on side. If we had things like the golden uh, the golden share and obviously we protect, you know, the CPO and the heritage items being protected. But one of them was also a, a supporters advisory board or a shadow board. And all of these things were basically agreed to at the time. Um, and they've come up with their first iteration of it. And I have to be honest, the trust are not hugely enamored of it because it falls way short of uh, of what we were led to believe would be happening so for example i mean if, if you haven't read all this then i, I then i apologize uh, for not going into it in granular detail but basically there are going to be uh six uh supporters in, uh, in a fan advisory board they're keeping three the three supporter advisors to the board and these guys were brought in uh by the previous regime uh, and you had to have a diversity candidate, and that was uh, the lovely Tracy from Chelsea Pride. 
they had to have somebody from the fans forum although god knows why it's the biggest waste of you know chocolate teapot would be more useful than the fans forum and then there was the uh, a representative effectively from all of the supporters groups so it you know the the trust the cpo uh, the chelsea supporters club with margaret and roy and uh, stretch pete pete trenter and the uh, chelsea supporters group as well and that that one that third uh, supporters advisor had to be democratically elected and indeed he was and it's neil beard who's a great mate of mine and, and most of ours on the show um so they're going to add they're going to keep those rather than start from scratch which we found a bit weird and uh and apparently the remaining three uh people on who will be on the fan advisory board are not going to be elected it's not going to be a democratic process so I think we're a bit dischuffed about that, but it's a good start. It's better than a kick in the balls. Adam, you're looking slightly confused. No, no, I was just listening. Okay. I have that effect on people. A bit like Graham Potter, really. Listening face, Judge. Yeah, now I know how Potter feels. (laughs) What? If if he's looking off to the left and looking bored, it's his listening face. Okay, fair enough. So... uh, (laughs) <laughs> he's he's still in the he's still in the press conference mode i think isn't he he's still he's still got his head in that game he's like you know not not woken up to this one so you know it's um it is a step in the right direction um it could do a lot further but i have a suspicion that one of several things will happen one is that uh through discussions with us and how it works it will change and evolve over time or um either the government uh, well, basically, predominantly, the government uh, will will you know hopefully make the uh, white paper on football governance legislation, and an independent regulator will put down a framework for how a fans advisory board should be, and it'll effectively be taken out of the club's hands. But you know, I think credit where credit's due, they've pretty much been as good as they were to say that they would do it. So, uh, who would like to comment on that? Don't all rush at once. <laughs> I'll, I'll just say as you say. Thank Chish. you, Adam. Thank you so much. Uh, I, I, I'm touched by the fact you rescued me, unlike those two Herberts. <laughs> no, the trust, the trust may not be totally enamoured with it, but it's an important step nonetheless. Yeah, yeah. I, they they recognise that. Yeah, it, it's it's the club trying to be proactive and trying to to follow up on on what they said during the takeover progr- uh, process. Obviously, there was a lot of a lot of positive noises from different camps during that whole process and it would have been very easy just to have used it as a pr move and then to have not actually followed up on it so credit to them as you say i'm sure it will uh it'll be molded and, and changed over time hopefully more to to more the the trusts uh liking um but you know having having some fan element there involved in the decision making will i'm sure be hugely beneficial going forward yeah i mean from what i understand they've had a huge amount of applications already i mean it's open to anybody i believe so uh you know they've had a huge amount, and we do. You, should... Do you know what the criteria is? Have they got? Have yeah. they actually what the criteria is? Yeah, you, you have to support Chelsea. Okay. There's uh, um there's a hospitality thing taking place as well. We've all been invited to a a kind of um, milling of hospitality people, and uh, uh, and Potter will be there, and so will Bowley, but willing to answer questions. So I've applied. Good. But, why did you Why did you bring Mudrick on on the thirty third minute? And Aubameyang. It's a It's a ballot, so I already know there will be hot balls involved, and I will not be included. Yeah, J, J.K.'s hot balls will exclude him again. 
I mean, it's it, look, you know, I mean, it's interesting, actually, because I love it. Actually, I always forget that you get a very interesting take on it, because uh, obviously, because you're a much more important supporter than our, the mere poor, the poor, <laughs> the poor folk like me and Clayton. You you get access. I mean, mate, I've ha- I had to work my bollocks off to get the kind of access I do. And you get it because you sit in the push seats and talk about bloody yeah, democracy, it. mate. One of the laws is you can hold the trophies. <gasps> Which yeah. I have to say, they, they've done that before, and I've held them with great glee. And had well, the real of... ones? No, I don't think they are. I think no. they're represent. It's not quite the same, but yeah, yeah. But you get, but you know, it's 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 you get. Uh, you can ask questions, but up to a point, there's always a rather large um, security man nearby. You know, in case you uh, run away with it, yeah. you whisk out. Well, no, just not only the trophies. In case you ask a question, that's, oh really? Uh, I'd have thought so. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't know. Who... All of us will be. We'll, we'll sit back and be very, very supine. Whereas the reality, of course, is that as we've found when the um, uh, the uh, the pitch owners uh, had that uh, meeting with Buck and every single every single QC who supported Chelsea at the time then appeared and asked really complicated questions and was aghast at the way we were being treated. And I think that they they seem to think we're a little bit more passive than we are actually. Oh yeah, yeah. I think there'll be a few if there are questions to be asked. I think there'll be some really well it depends it's in about three weeks time so or a month we'll see what the state of play is if he's still in a in a job and they've lost all the games you know? we will see that's really interesting i look forward to you reporting back on that if in fact well, you're if, a, I get, if i get in if you know. get in if you're allowed to clayton you gonna stand mate yes are you that's brilliant yeah. i i didn't i generally didn't know what you would say then so i'm absolutely delighted though. yeah no i'm going i'll to vote for you I'm, I'm going to apply yeah yes i've applied as well yeah, don't tell them you do the Chelsea fan cast. That would be my advice. I'm applying under a completely different name. Yeah. I'm still applying. Yeah. I, I, I don't think I am, actually, because much as I would love to, I think the, the time has passed me up, me by because I don't live in London anymore. Uh, and I, as I was moaning to Clayton about a minute ago, I just do not have the time to dedicate it to it. I'm struggling to find the time for the trust, bless him. So uh, I don't think I will, but uh, yeah, you know, why not? Brian Brian Wolf contacted me the other day. Brian, I know you'll be listening to this. You should apply too, mate. You'd be great. I mean, also, Brian comes with it, uh, an overseas supporter's perspective as well. But Brian gets it like everybody I know over here. He'd be brilliant. So there we go. Uh, moving on, uh, on, a, on a slightly similar vein, there was a very interesting article, which I think the club are beginning to kind of get their ducks in a row, really, aren't they, Adam? But uh Big thing on the stadium uh, rebuild. Uh, Jonathan Goldstein's kind of getting his uh, his his ducks in a row as well. Uh, I mean, I don't think it really told us anything that we don't really know already. That it's going to be bloody complicated. It's going to depend a lot on whether they can, uh, you know, whether their bid for the stole site is successful. But it does kind of really boil. I, I loved actually. Matt Matt Law was so disingenuous. Actually, Matt, I hope you're listening to me being rude about you. Um, but he basically said, you know, it kind of boils down to several changes or several, several possibilities. Sorry, one is, um, you know, we 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 knock it all down and start again on the same site. Two, we redevelop it like Liverpool did, one stand at a time, building round it. Uh, the other one is you move completely. Earl's Court's been mooted, although apparently they're putting um, some sort of a development proposal in at the moment, so that's highly unlikely. And then fourthly, do nothing. And he said do nothing, which is what Roman did for 19 years. I think that's a little bit disingenuous, Mr Law, if I say so myself. So those are the options, of which, of course, knocking it all down and building it again is the best one, I think, what most people would want. But the trouble is, is it's going to take 
well they reckon if they started it now and they're starting the process now certainly it would take until 2030 so that's seven years but it might even be 10 and it would also mean if they had to knock it all down and build it start from scratch then it would uh, we would have to move away somewhere and that that is where the plot thickens because of course last time we were doing this Wembley was was muted and has a track record of doing this Twickenham told us to piss off and then piss off some more the other thing that's changed, of course, is we have we'll have a thirty thousand seater Craven Cottage down the road, which would accommodate all of the season ticket holders, but it would say bye bye to the members. Uh, no, 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 uh, no uh, prizes for guessing what my preferred option would be for Craven Cottage, but uh, it'll be very interesting to see what happens next. J.K., you're champing at the bit, my friend. No, I, I'm just I'm slightly bemused in that all the questions and the statements and everything that was made when Abramovich was attempting to build. A new stadium have just been regurgitated. I've used that word again, um, but have been um, revomited. It's as almost as if we never had any of those conversations before, which we did. We're just retreading everything that we, as Potter does all the time, we're going back over what we did before about when. Hey, let's talk about Wembley again. Hey, let's talk about Twickenham again. Oh, hey, let's talk about. Whereas we know all the I'm answers. I'm not sure if the club have said that officially yet. Well, no, but we. From our point of view, I'm, I'm not being specific about the, the 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 fan cast, but nonetheless, these are all questions that we have um, discussed and um, found wanting. All these areas of where, where we're going to go, and even I, the other, day, I, I even um, found myself tweeting about, uh, you know, would they reiterate the uh, um, the uh, um, what do you call it stadium, the Linford Christie Stadium again? Will that be an option again? Because it seems that we're just it's it's Groundhog Day. We're just we're we're reappraising everything that we've already appraised. We're going back to it. Now I thought I was under the impression that initially he had said we're definitely not going to build it um, all at once. Has this now gone out of the window? We've now gone back again to an ass reassessment of what the options are. Is that right? Is that what's happening? Because I think it's uh, from what I could gather, it's because there is some doubt as to whether or not they could do standby stand because of the space because you'd obviously have a lot of construction equipment cranes etc etc and the Stamford bridge site as is at the moment isn't big enough to potentially do that and still welcome supporters into the environment because of health and safety and etc etc so they worked so, that out originally they were going to knock down the the gym and knock down the uh, museum and all of that area that was going to be the the main um, what you call it, the kind of area, the intelligence area where everything would be, um, what do they call it, in the building site, the, the offices would be there. And I thought they were going to try and replicate some of the elements of the um, uh, of Abramovich's ideas. But I thought this was the idea of buying the stall area. That's where you could then put all these things in order to uh, to do it stand by stand. Or it's just the stall area that they're attempting to buy, just a, 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 another aspect the well, they, they, they think that doing it stand by stand, I mean, you know, it's worth reading Matt's article, actually, it's pretty well done. But I mean, doing it stand by stand will take longer, and it will be more costly. So basically, just, try, you know, just destroying the entire lot and starting from scratch with a new design will be the way to go, I would imagine. But it, you know, all of these things will happen. I mean, you know, the, the Clayton, be, be interested to hear what you think about this. I mean, you're, you're, you're a tiny bit older than me, not by a lot. But, uh, you know, we're all about the same age. Um, the thought that I mean, I, okay, I'm 57. You're 60. You know, if they do that now, you'll be 70 by the time it's finished. I'll be 60 bloody seven. I mean, it's not 
I, it doesn't fill me with joy that I'm going to have to wait that long, you know? I know that's a bit selfish and pissy, but that's kind of how I feel, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's really difficult because I, I think that um, Spurs did it, didn't they? They moved away, but they basically, the way they did it was that they were only, only at Wembley, what, three years? Or was it even less? About two and a half seasons, something like that. Um we just haven't got that luxury. We, we're we going to be away for the foreseeable. And I would imagine that a certain generation of fans, i.e. us, will basically, you know, if they said, oh, you're going to be playing in Wembley. I mean, Wembley is an absolute pain in the backside for me to get to. It's a dreadful stadium, um, has no atmosphere at all. That would be awful. Um, Twickenham would be great because it's down the road, but it's never going to happen because of local residents. Um Fulham, I can't see that happening either. I, 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 I think it's a, uh, I think it's really, really difficult. I don't know where that, where they could possibly go to, because I, I don't know how. It depends how the next couple of years go off the pitch, because that's the other big thing. Because if this continuing spiral, or if, if they, you know, if they say, oh well, it's fine, you know, we're we're, we're willing to suck it up for a couple of years. Um, mediocrity because we want to rebuild and, and you know come back stronger that you know if you're basically playing mid-table football or indeed championship football nobody's going to go to Wembley Wembley with 18,000 people in it hurrah how good's that going to be I just think it's I, I think that that's the sort of the bigger picture um it is it is very very difficult i i there is no easy answer and I, and uh, apart from knocking the place down but how much of the of the actual heart of the club are you going to lose how much of the spirit of the club are you going to lose if you just decamp somewhere for four or five years because it is going to be four or five years if you if you knock the place down i mean i i fear that a lot of our generation will just be lost in that moment and i think that's really sad i mean it just you know to give you an example i I mean, I, I did it. I, I took my nephew. You know, I don't have any kids, so he's the closest I've got to somebody that I can indoctrinate to be a Chelsea supporter. And I took him for his first game. Uh, it was against Burnley, and it was the season before COVID. Um, in fact, it might have even been the January before you know COVID kicked in. And I haven't been able to take him since. And I've, I've got him a ticket uh, to the Everton game coming up, and he's just like so excited for it. But he, you know, he was like a kid when I took him last, he's now taller than me and he's like 17 and, and, and going to sixth form college and stuff. Uh, and I, and I'm, you know, so he's kind of now getting to that age where if I've, if I've got him, got him right and I've done my job properly, he'll start wanting to go more often, you know, and he'll be saying, can I get a season ticket? And I'll say, good luck with that. Um, but he won't have the experience that we have because they won't be playing there for years. I mean, maybe, maybe, you know, as I said, I think maybe we're, we're all a bit selfish because we're older. Um, but maybe, if they do go somewhere like Wembley, it will open up an opportunity for a lot more people to be able to go and see Chelsea that wouldn't otherwise be able to because it's full of bed blockers like you, me and JK. But I don't know. Can I, can I flip it? You can say, indeed. Would you rather Chelsea move away from the Stamford Bridge site for four or five years for it to be rebuilt? Or would you guys rather the club move to somewhere new? They can move it to Winchester. That would be perfect. <laughs> but no, obviously. But would, would, what's the what's the no. lesser of two evils? Oh, yeah, away yeah. From... I, I didn't even mention oh. it. I didn't mention it, Adam, because it's 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 yeah. just so clear and obvious that they have to play at Stamford Bridge in my book. Yeah, but but I actually think that 
if it means that there's no transition, and say, for example, I know Earl's Court's not necessarily on the table, but if there was a brand new stadium at Earl's Court, which was state-of-the-art and was even 75% of what Spurs have got, I wouldn't mind going one less stop. I, I know that's sacrilege and I don't want to leave Stamford Bridge. But if it means that we don't leave Stamford Bridge for three years and in three years' time we move into this yeah. great new stadium, I don't think... I, I, the, the, the way that the Tottenham Stadium is, and if we're going to get something like that, you won't get anybody moaning. No, no. I, you really won't. Clayton, I agree with you entirely. It's weird you say that. because I don't think it is on the table, but hey, we don't know. And these guys are pretty good at, I mean, Jonathan Goldstein's a property developer. So, I mean, that stands us in good stead, Spurs I think. Fan. But Spurs and, fan. A, and a Spurs fan. I've met him. He's, he's a decent guy, actually. But uh, the only place that would be acceptable for me to relocate to permanently would be Earl's Court because it's in the manor. We could still drink in the same pubs. And I know this is stupid and a lot of our uh, listeners are going to call us an alcoholic yadar. They're probably right. Um, but for me, it's important. You know, for me, the football is, is about as much about what happens outside of the stadium as it does inside. And that's that means the local pubs where you've been going for years and years and years, you know, meeting up with your mates. And if we were in Earl's Court, that would stay the same. And I think that's really important. But that that is right. And I... I... I agree with you and I think it's really important that you continue to support the local community because, you know, that will be the death knell for the three pubs that are now remaining, you know, around Stamford Bridge. But if you went to a brand new stadium and it was built in the way that the Spurs stadium is built, a lot of that would actually go to the stadium. I mean, the, you know, that, that Beavertown brewery that they've got in the stadium, you know, as long as it's not a singer brewery that they put in any new stadium, other other shit beers are available. Um, you know, you will build a community and you will get people, you know, I mean, Tottenham, let, let, let's face it, Tottenham High Street is not Parsons Green and, and Putney Bridge and all the rest of it. There, there is there is a reason why you'd want to go into the Spurs Stadium to drink. But, you to, know, the to Spurs hide, band, mate, To hide apart from anything else. <laughs> But but no, you know, the Spurs fans have got their pubs and they still go to them, that's fine. But what I'm saying is, I mean, my experience of the Tottenham Stadium is an NFL game. And I just, I was blown away. I wanted to hate it, but I couldn't because I just thought every fan of any sport played anywhere in the world would want to be in a stadium like that. Yeah. And I mean, I had decent seats, but I wouldn't say they were the best seats in the house. And they were fantastic. And I, ju I just think that if that's an alternative, which potentially it isn't, that would be I, I that the wrench of leaving Stamford Bridge would would sort of be removed. Yeah, no, I mean, uh... you, think about, you think about Arsenal fans and when they left Highbury, they probably didn't want to go. And you probably speak to them now and they, they don't even think about it. And it's in the same manner, which which bears yeah. out what I was saying. Yeah. All right. I'd find it interesting because. A new stadium, even if it's on the Stamford Bridge site, isn't going to be Stamford Bridge. It's not what you guys have grown up with. It's not. There's not going to be a yeah, but, shed. But Adam, Adam Stamford Bridge. Stamford Bridge isn't Stamford Bridge. Stamford Bridge, apart from the East Stand, is completely different from when I first went. Well, yeah. No, I just it, think, but it's, it's basically it's Trigger's Broom, isn't it? 
because when JK and I, I mean, JK before me, and then there are no stands there that were there when I first went going. Absolutely. I understand what you're saying, Chid. That's kind of why the ecosystem around the ground is probably more important than how, what the ground looks like at this point. But as, as as Clayton says, if you disappear for four or five years, can those businesses still survive without the footfall of football? So, yeah, it's it's an interesting discussion because I was, for reasons I'll explain another time, I was at Stamford Bridge this morning. And it's, it's there is something special about it, but that is because it's to me, it's what I've always known. So if I rocked up there in five years and it's completely different, then yeah, of course, it's there's not the same emotional bond to it. So is it is 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 moving away to a different stadium going to be that different for me emotionally to coming back to Stamford Bridge in five years and it looking completely different and feeling completely different? I'm not sure how big a difference emotionally they would be for me. Maybe you know, maybe they they would, but yeah, it's a it's an interesting debate. You could always go there occasionally while it's being built just to see what it's like. Mm -hmm. Mm. trick to see its evolution i mean personally the, the just to, to i haven't said much about this but i think what you i echo everything you're saying the spurs stadium is magnificent without any shadow of a doubt it is a wonderful stadium wonderfully you just sit there in awe i i go there and i i i anything immense i love so and even bizarrely i'll mm. look at look at the roof uh yes i look at the the roof of the canary wharf underground is just similarly yeah. fantastic you just go in the steam you think this is so beautifully i love the built. lots road power station for that very reason actually we're just way that way yeah the way things have been crafted you, there is it is possible to have art within those kind of construct but also from an earl's court point of view i do so wish they could try somehow to get in there and disrupt or even make other offers for Earl's Court because I used to go there to exhibitions. I remember going to the, uh, um, uh, what was it called? The the, the Royal Tournament quite Me regularly. Me too. And it's such a lovely, it yeah. was such an iconic place. And it is just round the corner. So in actual fact, when initially there were all these questions about where could Chelsea go, I just walked down there and when going to the tube and looked at it and thought this is the perfect place it's by the tube and they can all the entrances are there you've got the same it, it's it would be magnificent so i've never quite understood why there hasn't been a push towards building it there whether it was already tied up in each instance we hear information about something not being right and they're having to have another so that the the money's disappeared well i keep thinking why why aren't they then on the ball to come in and say can we now use it as a possibility? But now the, the second that we heard that they might be wanting to go there, there's suddenly this new, yes, we're going to make it a village. We're going to build houses. It's going to have um, everything in any other environment. You see, it's going to be like Olympia. They're doing the same to Olympia. They're making it into a shopping center as well as the as the two uh, the, the two exhibition halls. So it becomes modernized and you get it. It's like Paddington Station. It's just it's brilliantly Victorian architecture and within it, all the space they built stuff. Fair enough, I get it. But it, for me, if they could possibly get hold of Earl's Court, it would just be, um, it will be fulfilling my little dream of when I was younger and there was mooted the possibility of them moving. And I always thought Earl's Court would be perfect. I, even when they, they, they talked about the possibility of Battersea Power Station, I thought, yeah, that would be good because it's still within the environment. What I couldn't bear is if they went, anywhere else like a kind of jk i was you know, living in pimlico at the time and i didn't tell anybody but i wouldn't have had a problem with that no it would have been wonderful. i could have walked there over the bridge mate 
but you don't want it to be a franchise and it's to go further out no, somewhere. No, no, absolutely right. Listen, we need we need we need to wrap up because dear old Adam's uh, got to disappear and do the things he has to do on a Friday night. Um, so I will say uh, adieu, Adam, and also thank you very very much for joining us and actually just offering your services, which I thought was just really sweet and and, and totally mitigated my uselessness in terms of scheduling. So. <laughs> So well done you, and lovely to see you as always. Um, obviously you're at the game tomorrow. I'm indeed, yeah. Good stuff. Oh, I don't think I don't know if we've asked you since we've seen you last, but um, was it was it your was it your, your granddad you took to Fulham? Yes, yes. Did he have a he, good time? He very much enjoyed the experience. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Turned to me at full time and just said, "Good point, Matt." <laughs> well, not for, yeah, not for us, but yes. Good, yeah, yeah, he did, yeah, excellent stuff. Okay, mate, lovely to see you as always. Hopefully, we see you again soon. Definitely, definitely. Good stuff, lovely stuff. There we go. The wonderful Adam Newson there from Football London, Chelsea's chief com- correspondent. Therein, always lovely to see Adam on the show. Now, before we go to our break, uh, a couple of plugs from me. Uh, the first, of course, is it's now imminent. It's very, very soon. But on Sunday, this coming Sunday, we have another one of our wonderful events that we have at the troubadour club in old brompton road the chelsea fan cast of the troubadour presents an afternoon with paul canners canaville oh yes and uh, the doors open at half past two uh we'll then be having a about three o'clock we'll kick off so i look back at the leeds game i'll have a q a with paul uh and uh, you'll, you'll be able to meet him have a chat with him buy him a drink get soft stein you know all the usual kind of stuff uh tickets are 20 quid um and uh, I think there's something like a two quid booking charge if you go to ticketweb.uk. There are still tickets available. And I think actually there will be tickets. Right, just pause for a second and listen to this. There will be tickets available at the door, but you'll need to come early and you'll, you know, and it'll be first come first served. So, uh, you know, there are a few tickets available. There will be a few tickets available on the door. So if you want to like make a last minute decision to pop along, then please come along. It'd be lovely to see you. JK and I will obviously be there because we'll be doing the thing with Paul. Uh, quite a few of the other fan casters will be there too. So you can have a good old chin wag and a beer or three with us and, and have a bit of fun and uh, and listen to what the lovely Canners has to say. They're great fun, aren't they, JK? Excellent. Really excellent. You looking forward to it? Of course. Got a question for Paul? I've got about 20 questions. Brilliant. I'll take the afternoon off then. Now, sadly, we can't see you, Clayton, on Sunday. We, and I know we, we often have uh, these things because, of course, you're, go- you're going to be at the Conti Cup final, which is um, completely understandable. But they are they are great fun, aren't they, these things? Yeah, no, it's fantastic. I mean, Pat and everyone was just wonderful. And the food's very good if you get there early. Mm. Yes, it is, actually. The restaurant's good. I, I've, I've indulged a bit with that. They, they make some good good food, that's for sure. So there we go, people. No excuses. Turn up. Uh, Canners is lovely. All the money we make from it goes into his pocket, so it's also for a good cause as well, if you like. Uh, Now, um, talking of good causes, the Big Stamford Bridge, or as I've renamed the Big Stamford Chidge Sleepout, uh, is coming up on the 25th of March. I will be sleeping under the East Stand together with about 100 uh, hardened and wizened and hopefully suitably drunk Chelsea fans, uh, just to protect us from the cold, you understand. Um... And it's all in aid of the Stoll Foundation, who are a very, very worthwhile charity who look after veterans next door to us at Stamford Bridge, uh, veterans who find themselves homeless or having mental health issues or other health issues. So they do a great job. And we're absolutely proud and delighted to to do this uh, in their honour every year and provide them with some much-needed cash. Uh, people have been incredibly lovely and generous to me, and I'm, I'm just t- completely humbled. Uh, the latest role of honour 
Andrew Goldstone, Joe Mingola, Lee Beaver. Now, Lee has emailed me to say he's he's coming to the Canners Do on Sunday, which will be great. So I look forward to meeting you there, Lee, and I will buy you a pint. Uh, Los Barnes, Caroline Walters, Tony Skeen, David Lotzer, Carol Hope, Philip, Daryl Middleditch, Trey Bertelson, Pierre, Chad Harris, Brian Justman and Benji have all been very lovely and donated. And I won't embarrass them, but two of you have been astonishingly generous and I love you from the bottom of my heart. Um, I will also be doing the um, the Chidge Tales from the Shed, where I'll be reading excerpts from the brilliant new book, Come Along and Sing This Song, uh, from my fire pit with some whiskey and a cigar. So that will, I will be pre-recording that, so you'll be able to watch that on the night. Hopefully that will encourage a few of you to part with your cash. So, so we'll pay you more money if Chidge shuts up, something like that. Anyway, I am going to shut up now, because uh, we're going for a break, and when we come back, we'll be previewing the Leeds game. When you follow a big team like Chelsea, one of the most frustrating things is not being able to get a ticket for the match, especially when it's away and not live on TV in the UK. What can you do? Get updates from your mates? Follow online commentary? Listen to the radio? Let's face it, it's not the same as actually watching the match live, is it? NordVPN have the solution to every football supporter's match day problems when they can't watch the match live. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. It's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com dot com forward slash chelsea fancast there's no risk with nord's 30-day money-back guarantee and you'll help support the chelsea fancast the link is in the podcast episode description box away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery you in order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply See mcdonalds.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, the Friday night preview show with me, Stanford Chidge, and him down there, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Hello. And the absolutely brilliant Clayton Beerman. Always lovely to see Clayton on the show. Now, we all know what... It was lovely to be on. Thank you. Oh, there we go. It's lovely to see you, mate. Always is. Um, Hopefully, I'll catch up with you for a beer tomorrow as well, which will be... Undoubtedly. Yeah, which will be even nicer. I am not having to... This This is the most important news of the entire weekend. I'm not having to drive up to the game this weekend. I'm actually getting the train, which means I can drink, have a proper drink with the people that I love to have a proper drink with. I am so excited. Now, I'm almost as excited to see the team lineup. Now, I I said to the boys earlier on that I I had to do six versions of this. Um, And this is the reason why. After our chat on Monday, JK, I decided that we were right. And Potter's being a plum and he's playing... Chilwell and James as right as a, as a right back and a left back and playing four at the back, and it ain't working for me because if you there are two best players of getting forward and crossing the ball, 
and we were really, really good when, guess what, they played as wing-backs because, guess what, they're two of the best wing-backs in the world. So I started off saying, right, we need to play Chilwell and James as wing-backs. And that means, therefore, we have to play three at the back. And, of course, Silver's out anyway, so it kind of, you know, I, I can I can deal with that. So this was my lineup before I realised that both, uh, well, that, that, that certainly... Uh, uh, I mean, I had James in it, I had Mount in it, and I was going to be playing, I think, 3-5-2. Okay, so I was going to have them playing absolutely as wing-backs, and I was going to have Fernandez, uh, Zachariah, and Mount either side. So Fernandez and Mount as eights, Zachariah as a six, Chilwell and James either side, and I was going to have Felix and Fafana as a kind of a, a two up front, but Felix slightly behind. And I thought, that's really good because... You know, we'll have more attacking impetus because of James and Chilwell. And, of course, they can always drop back and make a five. And also, we've got five in midfield, which means we can monster lead. So you tend to play either 4-2-3-1 or 4-3-3. So my plan was genius. It was watertight. And then I read the stuff about the presser to find out half these bloody players are out. So I had to have a rethink. But I'm sticking with three at the back in the absence of silver um, and the absence of any right backs. So I'm going for this. I'm going for a 3 4 2-1 or 3-4-3 three, three formation. So Koulibaly, Badashiel, and obviously Kepa's in goal. Koulibaly, Badashiel, Fafana, W as our three at the back. And now that we're not necessarily playing with wing-backs here in this four in midfield. I've scotched that plan because we don't have them. So we're just basically playing, you know, slightly wide players in the midfield but not wing backs okay so Chilwell starts as well because I I just think he offers so much going down that left flank you know even if he's playing as a as a as one of a four in the midfield Fernandez and Zachariah I think Zachariah has to start because I think he's really good at just being the number six and I think it will free Fernandez up from his responsibilities uh and Gallagher you might be surprised to hear I did toy with the idea of playing cheek um and then I after about uh, a microsecond I decided on Gallagher because basically what I want I want that midfield to be able to tackle and play as midfielders but I also want them to be able to go forward and score goals we know Gallagher can we know Chilwell can uh, we know that Fernandes and Zachariah can get up and down and they can also defend so I quite like that four in the midfield and then I thought now what am I going to do because I need I mean you know I don't want to play with wide men effectively I want to have this quite narrow so I ended up, Felix has got to start. He's kind of our number 10. So that's why I'm saying it's probably more 3 4 2 one. Uh, We've got to play somebody who can play striker. We, we know it can't be a Bamiyang. I think Fafana D deserves to be looked at more than the 45 minutes he got the other day. And then I've got, I've got a third one. What do I do? Do I play Mudrik? Well, Mudrik is much better as a winger, you know, steaming down the, the flanks. I don't think Leeds are going to give us a lot of room to do that. So I, do you know what I've done? I've gone with Havertz. So Havertz and Felix slightly behind Fafana. But the reason I've chosen Havertz is he's not playing as a number nine. He's playing where he's supposed to bloody play. And if he does that, we might get a tune out of him. That's my theory. I, I commend it to the house. Your Honour? May I come in? Yeah, Clayton? I'm done. No, I mean, I'm asking Clayton. Oh, sorry, mate. Um, uh, this is wishful thinking, isn't it, Chief? This is this... what I would pick, not what yes. Potter's going to pick. Yes, yes. Um, um, what are the where are the other five teams that you promised? 
Well, I, about, well, um, um, oh, oh, hang on. I can tell you. I was looking forward to five little Sabutio teams here. Okay, right. The first one, the first one was, uh, as I said, it was actually Kepper, Koulibaly, Badashiel, Fafana, two wing backs, Chilwell, Fernandez, Zakaria, Mount, James, uh, Felix, and Fafana. Felix slightly behind Fafana, so three five two. Then the next one uh, was the same, so I don't know why I put that in twice. <laughs> it's good to have it in twice. I like it. Yeah. Oh, actually. Uh, uh, right the next one uh i had i decided to stick with it and go three five two so mount was out and james was out so basically i put in gallagher so the midfield changed so it was chilwell fernandez zacharia gallagher and aspilicueta and then because i didn't want to realize that aspie was out so then that got scotched and then then we i think we got to where we are yeah you didn't want aspie to play though did you Chid? Well, I just thought if he's going to play wing backs, who else is there? It was him or Cheek. Right, right. I think he'll play Cheek instead of Gallagher. I think he'll play Cheek. If he plays the three, I think he'll play him as a wing back. Um, alternatively, we, we may see our man that we all love to hate, um, uh, Zayek, keep playing. Um, but then you've got Sterling. I think he wants to play Sterling. I think he thinks Sterling is playing better. Um I think he'll play Havertz up front and he won't play for Fana again because uh, I don't think he, he, he thinks he's ready. Um, he'll play Cucurella, um, uh in the back three. Fuck off, he'll, seriously? He'll, he will, yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll play Cucurella, um, Badia Shield, uh, Cucurella, um, uh, Koulibaly and Badia Shield, I reckon, uh, as a three. Just because, you know, I'm looking at the... I'm kind of looking at the worst case scenario here. I'd like to know is what's happened to Kovacic? Is he now considered persona non grata? Is he not trying? Because um, we've yet to see him play well since he came back from the World Cup. It'd be so nice to see him playing competently because he's not played anywhere near his normal his normal abilities. But yeah, in, if he's if he's not playing well enough, I agree with you. I think Zachariah will make an appearance. Um, but I think he'll play uh, Felix and Havertz and. Um, Sterling, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I toyed, toyed with the idea of Sterling. I just don't really believe in Sterling. That's what I'm saying. I mean, you and me both. I don't think. Once yeah. again, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get into his shoes and play what I think he'll no, play. No, 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 no. I think you're right. I think he will pick Sterling for the reasons you said. But I, I, I toyed with it. But I just thought, I thought, you know, let's play a striker. Let's play for Fana. And actually, if we're all sitting here every week saying, for fuck's sake, stop playing Havertz as a number nine, then OK, play him as a number 10 behind the strikers. Let's see if he can cut it there. In reality, this is exactly the same team as he played and the way he played as last time. And that's why I'm thinking that he won't make any effort to change it. What it would be nice for him to do is to start with Mudrick and play Aubameyang and have another striker on, play Fafana, actually play, try and play, you know, three people up front with Stone who can get the ball in the net. Because it would be so nice. And then, you know, and sod the fact that they might score twice. If we score three times, then we beat them. You know, I, at the moment, this whole process of not getting the ball in the net is just is amateur night out, you know. And we shouldn't have anybody managing us. Well, it comes mean, uh, uh, the same thing every week. It's the definition of madness, isn't it, Jude? I mean, the other thing that I did think about was playing 4-3-3 and, and doing a Liverpool and then basically having Sterling, Mudrich... And, and Felix as your as a, as a three, a bit like Liverpool did. But I'm still convinced that Mudrick is much more of an old old fashioned winger. So I, I, you know, I wasn't sure about that. But maybe that might work. 
Yeah. It'd be nice. Anything that has them actually getting into the final third and putting balls into the middle mm. for somebody to run onto. And there are several people to do it, not poor old Havertz on his own, the only person anywhere near the penalty area. And he doesn't get there because he's not really a striker. I know. I agree. Mr. Beerman, what do you reckon of my, my effort? Um, yeah, I, I think the the sort of the byproduct of the shall we call it the Potter era is that we haven't got a clue what he's going to do. Um, I think the one thing that I want more than anything else is I want to see people fighting for the shirt, which I don't think they are. Um, and I, that's not a slight on the players. I just think that sort of he gives them horlicks before they go out, and then I don't know whether he gives another sedative when they come in for a half time because there, there's nothing there. And then when Mace came on last week, you know, he came on. I mean, somebody asked him at the press conference, which potentially was the most stupid, I forgot when Adam was on, stupid effing question. He said, when Mason Mount came on, he looked very angry. Do you, would you like to get his contract sorted out as soon as possible? And you just thought he was angry because he's a Chelsea boy we're getting mugged by Spurs without laying a glove on them. And that's why he was angry, you know, and, and that's why I want to see Gallagher tomorrow. I want to see a few of our boys. I want to see Chaloba tomorrow. I want to see our boys getting into them. I mean, the thing that really hacked me off against Spurs, apart from everything, was the fact that they had all these snidey, shitty players getting into us, winding us up. Just basically all their South Americans were doing a number on us. Our South American seems very nice. He doesn't seem South American at all. Um, and, and we had nobody getting into them. We had nobody, you know, like my brother re- reminded me, like, you know, when um, Costa scraped his nails down, what's his, Van der Marle, what's his name? Um, that horrible Belgian. Vertongen, Vertongen the Wrongen. Yeah. You know, and where, where's that? I mean, we, we need that. And, and Leeds are going to be like that tomorrow. And, you know, we want somebody who's going to basically get amongst them. So I, I would play Gallagher. Um, I want to see him out there. I want to see him running around kicking. I want to, you know, I want to see somebody who basically gives a toss. And and if, hard, getting sent off on 73 minutes. Well, if he does, he does. But at least he cares. He's you know, I, I just, there's nothing out there. There's no heartbeat. There's nothing in that team at the moment. They are basically beaten the minute a goal goes in. There's not one person out. There's no captain out there. There's no leaders out there. There's nobody who basically, I think they care, but I just perceive because we've got such a wet lettuce as a manager that, that, that nobody is drilling anything into them. I just want, I don't, I don't care who plays tomorrow. I really don't. I just want to see some fight. I just want to see some something. I want to see some magic. I mean, why buy a brilliant player like Mudrik and keep him on the bench for Ziyech? I mean, that's just insane. Just, it doesn't make any bloody sense. And you said about Aubameyang not playing. I'll tell you something. we got 14 games left. If Aubameyang plays in every single game, I reckon he'll score seven goals. Yeah, I agree with you completely. I, I just think that... The, the whole thing is wrong. The whole setup is wrong. He hasn't got a Scooby what team his best team is. 
I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing Sterling. I think Sterling's been a massive disappointment. I I, I was never really a, a huge fan. I thought when he first came, he looked like he was putting a shift in, and then it was just like, yeah, okay, fine, it's crap here. I'm not, you know, you know, against Southampton, I thought he looked decent. He should have scored, but the point is with with Raheem, as he's been for England and for Manchester City, he needs four great chances to get one, and the point is that we don't create chances. So we have to do something. Somebody has to wake us up. I mean, I, I was amused to a certain extent about all the relegation chat that you were having on Monday night. But the fact is, you don't score goals, you don't win games, and you don't get any points. Well, not only that, Clayton, right? You, you me and JK combined watching football uh, metric of... years. Well... I mean, it's got to be 50, 100, I'd say about, it's almost 150 years of watching football between us. And one thing that you hear every year when people start analysing who's going to go down, they all say, well, the trouble with, you know, Burnley or Watford or whoever it might be at the time, well, they don't have a striker and they just can't score any goals. And if you can't score any goals, you're not going to win any games. And of course, if you can't, can't score any goals, you're also likely to lose games if, if somebody nicks one from a set piece or something. It, it, you know, and and we're we're sitting here, we're sitting here saying the same fucking thing about Chelsea. That's the point. Anyway, I don't want to like rehash the whole relegation chat because it went on for about an hour last time. So, yeah, but it's it's real, and I've said this in the thing. I mean, I I do think just to to put a line under the ye old chidge team selection. I think it would have been really interesting to see the original team that I picked, actually, because I think that was quite a decent team on paper. But now we're resorting. And I, I do have a sympathy with Potter for this because he's now having to make do and mend again. And it's not ideal. But actually, turning to the match itself, you know, I, I, I hear what Jonathan has said. Jonathan is a very smart cookie. Um, and I think he's right that, that Potter will long this off because it's all about the Dortmund game on Tuesday. I think that's absolutely sacrilegious because not just because you should never long a game off against Leeds United, period. But actually, the damn fucking reality is this is another must-win match. And it's a, it's a, it is a relegation six-pointer. Leeds are nine points behind us. They are nine points behind us. And they are sitting in 17th position. You know, Everton are in 18th, 10 points behind us. You know, we cannot afford, now, now, from now on to the rest of the season, we cannot afford to be fucking up in the league. Because actually, we need 10 points to fucking stay up. So if Potter thinks he can long this game off because it's all about Dortmund, then he's more fucking deluded than I even think he is now. So for me... This is a massive match. It's a must win. Apart from all the other reasons it's a must win, like we need a win because it's it's just been so long. We need to score goals because I'm sick and fed up of going to Stamford Bridge and not seeing any goals. And all, all of, the, all of the, the, the emotional re- re- reasons why we need to win. The confidence that it might instill in, into the players and the manager if they win. The reality is this is a fucking six-pointer. Discuss. Yeah, I, I I don't disagree with that with anything you've said. I think the the sort of the winning becomes a habit and losing becomes a habit, and this team are are losers. There there there's there's nobody out there 
there's nobody out there that's that's trying to do anything to prevent it and whether the players aren't listening to Potter I, I've got no idea but the the you know without sort of going over the same old ground that you've covered previously and and every effing podcast that I listen to there's no formation there's no pattern of play there's nothing you know tomorrow the the crowd's good I think it'll be I think there'll be a good atmosphere tomorrow I think we'll the crowd will be up for it three o'clock on a Saturday fantastic that that's that's great and so I do think that the crowd will be on side but all it's going to take is 20 minutes of turgid crap conceding a goal and that'll be it the crowd will turn the crowd if we go behind tomorrow I think or and it looks like we're going to lose I think tomorrow's the day when the crowd turns on Potter I think that everybody's been really quite I don't know just not apathetic I think I I think you know obviously all the the, the, Matt Law's briefed by the club and this guy Ben Jacobs is now obviously brief by the club because a minute after the final whistle at Tottenham, Ben Jacobs tweeted, the club are sticking by, despite the defeat, blah, 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 the club are sticking with Potter. So Ben Jacobs has now got the ear of the club. He obviously got it. And I don't know, he was really on top of all the the takeover. He's been been called out over it today on the Twitter. People have been going in and saying, you're you're up the club's ass, aren't you? We yeah, know. yeah. So dur- during the takeover, it was brilliant because he was actually telling us what was going on. Yes. And obviously the club have identified him as somebody, or maybe at that time he was, you know, you will tell you what's going on and then afterwards we'll, you know, you can be our our go-to person along with Matt Law. And the point is that he, you know, I'm unhealthy haste that tweet after the defeat was, oh, it doesn't, you know, the club are going to support Potter, notwithstanding, it doesn't matter, blah, blah, blah. And I think one of the biggest problems is if Potter has basically been told, it doesn't matter what the hell happens for the rest of the season, you are our manager, where's his pressure to get a result? There isn't any. You know, if it's all about, okay, well, you've got the time on the training pitch and you can develop this one and that one. And we know it's terrible. You've got too many players and we're really sorry. And don't worry, we're going to get rid of everybody in the summer and you're going to have your blah, blah, blah. We've got 14 games left. I think that unless we get at least seven victories in those 14 games and we've basically got a style of play and a start a starting 11 with at least six or seven people starting every single week, he can do one. Because, frankly, there's, you know, if we get knocked out of Europe on, on Tuesday, that's it. The season's finished, apart from potential relegation. He's got all the time and he's got all the players and he's got no pressure. And if you can't work under no pressure, then what the fuck are you going to do when you are actually under pressure? I've also been bemused by the amount of time he's had to work with them, which normally used to be two days and then a game, then another three days and a game, and then two days and a game for Tuchel. And because we're out of everything, nobody seems to have mentioned the fact that he just has a week before each game. And this is why the fact there is no progress is even more damning for me. 
because he can't he can't claim pressure of games. He yeah, should... no, you're you're spot on, Jonathan. Because I, I remember that I was so angry after the Fulham game, yeah. the home game against Fulham, because we'd had eight days to prepare for that. It was a Monday night, wasn't it? He and he had eight days, and we were shite. And I and I was just like thinking, what on earth have you done? What have you been doing on the training pitch? I think that worries. The, 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 sorry, J.K. Go on, go on. You know, I'm just saying it's this aspect of being of being overrun that I find very difficult mm. to deal with, um, which seems to be a, a constant. And this is what we'll get again tomorrow: the fact that Forest overran us, the fact that Southampton overran us, and Leeds are another team that will do that. Exactly what they will do tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. They have, regardless of of um, they've got a new manager. Um, it's very similar to Southampton. Um, he will be um, keen on impressing all the Leeds fans and they'll be keen on in they, they will be up for doing what they did at, at Ellen Road they'll be up for the 3-0 where they were in our faces completely and utterly and blew us off the off the the park and I'm afraid that he has to be prepared for that and he can't then if we do lose at the end of it say oh well you know they they were well prepared and they uh, they came at us you know you want to go no it is your job to deal with that but as I say I'm 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 suspicious as to what team he'll pick tomorrow. I I, I think he'll, I I mean, because once again, even with your, with what we were talking about, Chidge, I think he'll 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 try and he'll try to subtly rest people for for Tuesday because I think they will all have agreed that Tuesday is is really the massive game because mm. it's financially massive as well. Well, we will see. We don't know what will happen until two o'clock tomorrow. I mean. Just to wrap up on that point <clears throat> that uh, Clayton was making, I mean, you know, about winning, we've got to win a certain amount of games. We clearly have. And I think uh, if if they lose tomorrow and they, if they lose against Dortmund, and as Clayton so so uh, pertinently put, the season is is well and truly over. My, my, my fear is that the players will know that the season is over too. And, you know, they'll they'll go on the beach. And that's the last thing that we need at the moment because I, I actually, I mean, if he can't get a tune out of them when there is stuff to play for, how the hell is he going to get a tune out of them when we've got to try? I mean, we, we could seriously be in a relegation scrap. That's what worries me. Even before we start thinking of do they have the bottle and the character and the and the resilience to do that because, you know, the number of times we've seen in this leg, oh, they're too good to go down. Yeah, but not if they haven't got any fight and bottle, they're not. Anyway, enough of me ranting. Um, just to cheer you all up, you're right, JK. We've got Javier Gracier as the new uh, Leeds manager. and, and Sorry, Javi Gracier, get it right. And, of course, he, he you know, that one, one wonders if they'll have a manager bounce. Uh, one wonders if he'll have got them a bit more organised than uh, than Ted Lasso did. Sorry, just Jesse Mersch. Um <laughs> We also know that Gracia absolutely did us like a kipper when Conte was in charge, when Watford humped us 4-0, which was just awful. So Gracia's no mug. Uh, there's some hilarious statistics here, which I shall bore you with now if you, if you allow, indulge me, in fact. We've only scored one goal throughout the entire month of February, drawn two, lost three. We've scored six times in all competitions since November the 6th. Um, that's contributed to a run of six games without a victory, drawn three, lost three. Uh, if that run extends tomorrow, it'll make history. There you go. Chelsea Football Club making history, not reliving it. Uh, 
A seventh winless outing would be our longest such streak since 94-95. Wasn't there a, a, a stat that went back to 1929? I can't remember what that was, but yeah, there if, was. If we fail to score, it yeah. will be the, uh, the the longest run of, yeah. of not scoring. That, that, can't, that can't be right, JK, because when Jeff Hurst was manager, didn't we go like six months without scoring? <laughs> yeah, but that was, that was away goals. Was it? Yeah, I think so. Anyway, uh, Leeds. Leeds, 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 Leeds. Uh, they're shit away. They are shit away. Um, you know, Until tomorrow. Well, this is this is what worries me. Um, they've basically won twice away this season. They've got the joint lowest points tally on the road. However, recently, they're the only side to take points away from Man United at Old Trafford since October. Because as you will remember... They drew two all with them not a month ago. So, and that was when they didn't even have a manager. So they, they're, you know, they're not to be underestimated. Uh, this is an interestingly positive stat. Uh, Zhao Felix uh, averages two point two nine shots on target per ninety minutes. Sadly, no goals. Well, one, but he's averaging two point two nine shots on target per ninety minutes. And this is this is this is the most odious stat of the whole lot. There hasn't been a single goal scored in the opening 15 minutes of Chelsea's Premier League home games this season. Yeah. And just to round that up, uh, in total, matches against Leeds, this is both home and away, uh, Chelsea have won 37, drawn 30 and lost 40, which is interesting. It's not often we come against somebody we've lost more games against than we've, than we've won. In the Premier League... It's a bit different, as you would expect. Uh, we've won eight, drawn four and lost two at home, that is. Whereas the other was in total. And we know we're in 10th and they're in 17th, as we were saying. Um, the other thing that occurs to me, actually, somebody in somebody in Mixler mentioned this. I, forgive me, I forget who it was. Um, pa- Patrick Bamford may well play tomorrow for them, JK. Can't hit a cow's ass with a banjo. We all know what will happen tomorrow, don't we? He will, of course, score. I think he'll come on and score. I don't think he'll start. They have a another youngster who they seem to be playing. can't remember his name. He seems to come on more often. Um, I'll look him up and tell I you. I think he's gone out on loan. Are you talking about the young English kid? No, it's a foreign guy named Gindler. Oh, Aronson. No, no, not him. The Amer- he's American. No, the guy begins with a J. He's, a, he's another chap. I'll have a little look. Um, Judas. <laughs> Judas Iscariot. Yes, it must be very him. quick. Very quick. Can't be trusted. Quick. Hides behind hedges. I've been told. Yeah, uh, Leeds United player. But anyway, they've got um, with that check. Chat Harrison is always very good for them against us. Always gets in our faces, and um, some of them are just you know they're buoyed up by playing against Chelsea, which is as it should be, you know. But um, no, but 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 they're buoyed up against playing against a team who they know aren't up for it. Yeah, absolutely too. I think it's Notto, G-N-O-N-T-O. I think it's him. Oh, God, yeah, no, he scored a couple of cracking goals recently. Yeah, yeah, they think he's getting better. I think he takes, he comes on first of all instead of Bamford, and then they've got Bamford sort of being a, a bit of a, a a sub. But I've got a lot of time for Bamford. I think he was mishandled by Chelsea because um, he was Middlesbrough's player of the year in, um, you know, when he was 19, 10 years ago. Well, Jose never gave him a chance, did he? No, no and he sent him one. Then, then they had, we had the, the curse of going to Norwich. You don't ever seem to want to play any any of Chelsea's uh, low knees. Um, much like uh, 
poor old Billy um, Gilmore. Um, but I'm sure they have their own reasons. No, but Aronson is very sweet. It's a getting in your face speediness that, um, that they'll get up to because that's the, the way they play. They'll press us madly. Somerville is one of their, they're really sort of right in your, another in your face player. Um, very, very quick. I think it's the American connection as well. Um, uh, I can't remember who else. Um, they just had a lot of players, didn't they? When we played, went up at Ellen Road, who were um, played out of their skins, and and I, you know, and once again, we knew that they would then still be fighting a relegation battle, but we knew that they would. It would take some time for us to um, to deal with them. And once again, if Sterling hadn't had actually attempted just to pick a spot rather than trying to play a curler into the corner in the first few minutes, we'd have been one up, and it would have been a completely different story. But you know that I thought this was Sterling just being, um, uh, you know, bedding in, gelling, as our new manager keeps saying. But in fact, that was just the way he plays, which is that he tries to go for, for uh, um, I mean, I know, commendably going for the top corner. But there are occasions when, if the goal is completely empty, just smack it in, you know. So, but we've learned, haven't we? We've learned what players are really like. Indeed, we have. Um... So, do we fear a manager bounce? Do we, yes. Do we fear Yavi Gracia doing what he did when he was at Watford? Do we yes. believe Chelsea can score a goal? Do we believe that we oh. can win? What are we going to predict? What you you first, J.K. Um, uh, nil nil. Well, I suppose it's not a defeat. No, but it, they can't score and we can't score, so it'll just be. Two teams cancelling each other out. But actually, I think probably what will happen is they'll win one nil with a disputed goal off somebody's backside that's offside or something. Or there's a foul in the build-up, but nobody gives it. So there'll be some kind of VAR ruction. Um, so and Zayek will probably get sent off this time. Uh, yeah, I, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't have any enthusiasm for anything. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. So you're going for a nil-nil, which I think actually under the circumstances is mildly positive, actually. So, so yeah. It's a point, isn't it? Clayton? Nil-one. You're going for nil-one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. Uh, it's just, it's, it's in, in some ways, it's really hard to predict. And in other ways, it's completely predictable. I mean, if, 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 if nothing has changed at all from this week, or from last week to this week, it's it's it is almost impossible to see us score a goal, let alone win. But we also know that um, you know if we're being absolutely truthful, there have been there have been patches in games where we've played all right and we have created stuff and we've come close to scoring. I mean, Clayton mentioned uh, Sterling against Southampton earlier on. On another day, that goes in and suddenly it's a different game. So it's you know it, this is why you know i i don't know it's the definition of insanity we keep saying it i keep going every week expecting a different different result but you know football is a game of fine margins we score an early goal we buck the 15 minute record that we've got so far this season it could be a different game you know leeds are closer to the relegation zone than us so their their sphincters will be twitching if we go ahead early so who knows I, right now i just i i don't know i'm going to go one all all right I, I just think we're in such a trough of confidence. Um, I'm going to go one all. At least we'll score a goal. That's what I'm going to say. And I'll be drunk and I'll be able to celebrate it. We'll score two. <laughs> who do you think it'll be? We'll get a penalty. And who will take that penalty? Havertz. Havertz, yeah. Yeah. He knows how to, he can score a penalty. Yeah. The silky German. The silky German. So there we go. 
Oh dear, it's been a rather depressing show again. I do apologise, dear listener. But that's kind of where we are at the moment, really. Um, come rain or shine, we will be back on Monday for the main Chelsea Fancast show uh, with me and JK and the the chairman of the Chelsea Supporters Trust, Mr Mark Meehan, and author of the absolutely brilliant Come Along and Sing This Songbook. So always good to see Mark. Uh, that's at 7.30pm. And of course, we'll be looking back at the match against Leeds and ahead to the massive match against Dortmund on Tuesday. So there we go. Um, Clayton, lovely to see you. I'm really looking forward to seeing you tomorrow for, for a yeah. beverage. I will see you in the Atlas. You will indeed. Uh, and uh, And hopefully we'll be celebrating... Let's be honest, a much needed win. It would be lovely. I mean, you know, wouldn't it be lovely if 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 we were walking out of the ground tomorrow at 10 to 5 and we've we've you know kicked the shit out of Leeds and we we've come come coming back off a 3-0 or a 4-0 win. It would be just Can you imagine just how how drunk I'm going to be by the time I get home if that happens? Oh. No. You can't even see it, can you? I'm really I'm still hoping. JK, as always, delightful to see you. Uh, we, we've done three shows again this week. We must be mad, but it's been brilliant to see mad, you. Mad, I tell you, mad. mad, I know. mad. It's, it's been great to see you on each one as ever. Enjoy yourself tomorrow. I hear you're with, with, are you, with, you with young Daniel tomorrow. Yes. Mm. I have my sources everywhere, mate. My oh, spies yeah. are everywhere. Oh. Oh. You can run, but you can't hide. Well, have a great time with Dan. And. When are you going to be? You're going to be at the cock earlier on with the uh, the American lad. Yeah, I shall be. Uh, yeah, actually, that's a good point. The London is Blue Boys are over this weekend. In fact, I think they're doing a show right now at the uh, Classic Football Shirts place in the uh, in the East End. We were. Before. I just I, I had to laugh because the cock and the garden are just so overcrowded. You can't get a drink. So just what you need. It's the London is Blue Boys with their nine, their, their nineteen strong party. Well, and and their and their acolytes, mate, all wanting to get yeah. their autograph and and kiss their rings. Um, well, we'll see. I'm getting in there early actually because I'm going to be there. Uh, and get the train gets in about half eleven, so I should be there about midday. Uh, and I'll tell you what: if I can't get served within five minutes, I am fucking off to a pub that will serve me quicker than that. Is I'm not going to piss about. I'm definitely not going to piss about tomorrow. London, or, London is blue boys or no London is blue boys. But yeah, it's, I'm, I'm re- look, as always, I'm looking forward to it tomorrow. I believe that we can get a win. I believe that we can surprise everybody and smash the you-know-what out of Leeds. But uh, yeah, we'll see. And uh, either way, it'll be great to be there because it always is. Uh, Clayton, lovely to see you, mate, as always. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me on. Good, jo- good. Good show. Yeah, great fun as always. JK, good to see you too, my old China. And I'll see you I'll see you on Sunday. Looking forward to the Canners gig. Yes. What time does it start, Chich? Uh We need to be there for half two. Half two? Half Fine. past two, kick off at three. We should be Stop. out We should be out by half five, six. Abbo, I'll be there. Lovely. Looking forward to seeing you then. Uh, everybody on Mixler, lovely to see you all, especially Russ. Uh, always lovely to see Russ in here. Uh, and uh, and everybody else, of course. And we'll see you all again on Monday. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Until then, keep it blue, keep it careful, and keep it chills. Papa Chelsea!
The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.